I'm only human after all And you're only human after all Don't put the blame on me Welcome to Ponder Exchange, a podcast about Christian faith and armed service hosted by me, Brother Logan Isaac. First Formation is spiritual exercise for high church lowlifes looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join us every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 138 I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, For great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purposes for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 11 through 19. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me. Mortal, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Carnelian, chrysolite, and moonstone beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald, and worked in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. With an anointed cherub as a guardian, I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God, and the garden cherub drove you out from among the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on you. By the multitude of your iniquities and the unrighteousness of your trade, you profaned your sanctuaries. So I brought out fire from within you, It consumed you, and I turned you to ashes on the earth, in the sight of all who saw you. All who know you among the peoples are appalled at you. You have come to a dreadful end, and shall shall be no more forever. First Corinthians chapter six, verses one through eleven. When any of you has a grievance against another, do you dare to take it to court before the unrighteous instead of taking it before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels, to say nothing of ordinary matters? If you have ordinary cases, then, do you know anoint a judge as judges those who have no standing in the church? 
I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is no one among you wise enough to decide between one believer and another, but a believer goes to court against a believer and before unbelievers at that? In fact, to have lawsuits at all with one another is already a defeat for you. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be defrauded? Be you yourselves wrong and defraud, and believers at that. Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, male prostitutes, sodomites, thieves, the greedy, drunkards, revilers, robbers, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And this is what some of you used to be. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. Good morning and welcome to the 12th Thursday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 138, Ezekiel 28, and 1 Corinthians 6. Sorry, I think I forgot the first in there. Um, and I know I've we've read first, the same passage from Corinthians not too long ago, because um, I remember reading it um, in the midst of... Well, I remember reading it when some of the stuff I mentioned yesterday was going down. Um, I don't usually name names, um, and yesterday I didn't intend to do it as any kind of gossip, but to, like, if people want to double-check my work or something, that's that's fine. I don't have any issue being forthright. Um, but uh, this morning I felt, uh, or the, in the reading, uh, verse 6 of the psalm, it reminded me of... Well, it's, it's complicated, I suppose. And some of the things that have gone on that have made me aware, I suppose, and um, passionate about GI justice and human dignity for soldiers and veterans, some of it has included attorneys. I don't... I haven't actually filed a lawsuit, I don't think. Yeah, I've not I haven't filed a lawsuit against anybody. Um, but if I mean it came close, I suppose, um, and I won't name institutions or individuals, but there were um, some of those instances, um, those institutions and people who could afford lawyers sometimes did. Um, and so it makes me think of this reading from First Corinthians, um, like, why is that necessary? Um, and Paul says all of this, like. He's just appalled at what the believers have become. Uh, he says, is there nobody wise enough among you to settle disputes? Like, And you're going to go to unbelievers to try and settle disputes within the family of God, within the kingdom of God? And I mentioned the psalm because this sixth verse, for the lowered high, the, though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty proceeds from far away. And Paul maybe had it in mind when he said, wouldn't it, wouldn't you rather be wronged than to have lawsuits brought against one another? Um, and I'm, I, I'm reminded how Paul is this just incredible theologian, but there are points at which I depart from what he thinks. Um, and maybe it's a personality thing. Maybe it's really is his theology. I don't know, but the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible is filled with places that 
um, of people being wronged. Um, and, uh, being wronged is, you know, the, the backbone of Israel's identity. I mean, they're wronged by Egypt. Uh, they're wronged by judges. They're wronged, you know, by uh, Gentiles and uh, the nations. Um, and it's, uh, it's a nuanced thing. And remember again, Paul, not too long ago in the, uh, I don't know if it was Romans. I can't remember. Um, he, uh, oh goodness, I lost my train of thought. Um, he talks about things that I think we look back on or even like in our own context and think, well, you know, I'm not really sure that that I'm, I'm on board with that. Um, and Paul, um, oh yeah, persecutions. It's through persecutions that we enter the kingdom of, of heaven. You know, it's, it evokes concerns or objections that, like, we should debase ourselves or that, you know, we get nothing uh, out of this life. Um, protection, security, stability, dignity. Um, and I think that is a really complicated conversation about what it means to... Um, what does it mean to be wronged? What does it mean to be meek? What does it mean to be um, persecuted? Um, and how does that intersect with the, I think, the expectation uh, within the Christian tradition, and I, th- I think the Jewish tradition too, of, of this, you know, the, I don't know, the Hebrew word is chutzpah, the, the gall, the audacity to believe these things and to stand up for what we believe in and to refuse attempts at uh, being indignified. Um, some of this, the stories of the martyrs are precisely that, um, that they, they could be humiliated and just admit that the Roman gods are in charge and recant Christianity, um, but they don't. There's this mix of like stubbornness and meekness um, and again, it, it makes me think, uh, especially of in military culture, grunts who are the bottom of the pile. They're looked up to by everyone. Like everybody wants to be a grunt. Everybody has, you know, or like um, a similar thing happens with combat within the military family. If there are two veterans or you know two family members talking about their service, if one hasn't been to combat, that will come up. They'll disclaim. Oh, you know, I haven't been to combat, but, or I'm not a grunt, but, or I'm a pogue, which means personnel other than grunt. Um, and so it's this disclaimer that I'm not as low as you, or I'm not as, I haven't endured as much as you, but blah, 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 blah. Um, and the martyrs, um, the martyrs similarly are, you know, they, by the world standards, they are humiliated. Um, they are wronged. They are debased. Um, and yet there's time and again, there's a stubbornness of, no, you may say that, but I know X, Y, Z to be true. And it's a certain refusal to be wronged. Um, and so I don't think there's any straightforward answer. And I, I open, I'm speaking in the context of wrongs within 
the Christian family, right, within God's family. I mentioned this, a number of things that I believe I was wronged uh, by, by other Christians. They haven't turned to lawsuits, but like it, they could have, and it was very clear and in some cases explicit that that might be a risk that uh, was taken. Um, and I don't think I'd rather be wronged. I certainly, I think grunts as a, as a, as a thing, as a phenomenon as well, don't want to be wronged. Um, and yet there's a stubbornness of like, I can be wronged more than you and still come out, uh, you know, standing on two feet with my head held high. Um, and so I, I don't know, I think that the more I engage with Paul, uh, in, from my own experience, the more I'm able, um, to see how much, how human he is. Um, I, I may have reflected on this before. I remember when I was really trying to think about whether or not I felt called to be a conscientious objector and if so, what kind, combatant, uh, non-combatant or discharge. Um, I remember reading this essay by, essay by, um, C.S. Lewis, uh, what, what is it, what we can learn in war or something like that. And it's an essay that he read at Oxford, I think before like the ROTC cadets or something, I can't remember. And basically said like, look, World War II is, you know, worse than anything we've seen and we, we can and should fight it and blah, blah, blah. And I remember thinking like, you know what, I disagree. But I really appreciated Lewis's works and my disagreement with him on this one point didn't make me feel as though I needed to throw him out like I couldn't trust him. Similarly with Paul, um, I think his letter to the Philippians, uh, to veterans, is a really important piece of work and an underestimated, underappreciated um, epistle. Um, but there's also like the, the household codes and some other stuff that I think is just misfounded. Um, and I think that reflects onto this wrongdoing within the family. Um, within um, people of faith that you can be forthright and say, this is not okay. I'm not going to tolerate this. And yet not necessarily, you know, we think of, you know, as lawyers and lawsuits as like, you know, the last resort kind of big guns and stuff. Like we can still um, disagree and we can wrong and be wronged without necessarily resorting to, you know, this kind of, um, uh, slash and burn kind of theology of like I'm just going to kind of point everything I can at you, um, and I, it's a fine balance. Uh, not just in uh, in a, you know figuring out how to negotiate these wrongs, um, but also how to talk about them as I did yesterday. Um, and I don't think that we're called to silence. I think we're called to um, to shine light in darkness. Um, and I think darkness and wrongdoing thrives when it's, it's unspoken of, when nobody knows about it other than the people that it has harmed. Um, and military families uh, and service members, uh, past and present in particular, are really good at shutting the fuck up and driving on. And I think that, is, as well as a double-edged sword, I think sometimes the military should speak up um, and say when it is being wronged. Um, unfortunately, because of military culture and the, the, um, 
the, the, the easy access to firearms, which provide a pretty um, uh, easy way to end it all without with a, a lower margin of error, to be frank, um, I think that sometimes appears to be a better option, that holding your head high gets confused with, um, you know, just trying not to be a burden or trying to, you know, whatever. So I think, I, I hope that if you felt wronged um, by others in, in the church or the others in the military, um, that, that there's something short of, you know, bringing up lawsuits before unbelievers that we are called to, to undertake. And I think that will look different in different cases. Um, but we are never called to, to silence. We're never called to bottle things up and keep it stored away. Um, we are called to uh, be a light on the hill and, um, and bring our light to dark places that, uh, that haven't seen the light or haven't seen the light in a long time. And sometimes that means talking about how we've been wronged, talking about how we need help from our community um, and what that help looks like. And, and our community, both civilians and soldiers and veterans, um, are, I think, called to respond honestly um, and gently. But we're called to, to speak that truth. And our community is called and expected to receive it and, and help uh, resolve, resolve it. Um, and too often that doesn't, that doesn't happen. Um, and I, I frankly see Paul's kind of skirting the issue, not talking about what the responsibilities are of the community, rather the, the responsibility or the, the cultural expectations of the individual. Um, and again, this is just something I, I disagree with, with Paul. Um, but I think at the, at the same time, there's a really important lesson to be learned, to be gentle in our rebukes um, and to, and as a community, to make sure that we don't just let this sit under the rug um, or, or ignore what's happening, but to actually confront it head on as a community and try to be uh, gentle and patient and kind to all parties involved. of conflict from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you have bound us together in a common life. Help us in the midst of our struggles for justice and truth to confront one another without hatred or bitterness and to work together with mutual forbearance and respect. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. 